uh, come to a decision on them. How important is it to you that Jesus was born of a virgin? Most of Christianity, uh, except a tiny minority until about 100 years ago, accepted the fact that of the virgin birth. It was just reality. Everybody knew it. It was Bible. It was reality. Uh, it was there. But not quite 100 years ago, uh, a group began to really question it. They began to question the, uh, the validity of the miracles in the Bible. And they began to kind of put them to the test and to uh, question them. One, one guy, Harry Emerson Fosdyke, said, uh, Of course, I do not believe in the virgin birth. I do not know any intelligent minister who does. I suppose he thinks that I'm not an intelligent minister then, all right? Uh, but it, it came greatly under, under attack, and people began to wonder about it. And there was great division in Christianity over it. Now, the problem with the virgin birth is that, uh, in a sense, all the miracles are kind of stacked one on top of another. And if you pull one of them out, then you have no grounds for really believing the others. And so uh, a group came together <coughs> about 20 or 30 years ago, and uh, they, 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 it was in the U.S., and the title was the, the, the Jesus Seminar. Now, doesn't that sound like something you'd want to go to? I mean, if the Jesus Seminar was up in the Plaza Hotel, you'd, you'd probably want to go up and see what was going on and find out what was going on. Well, the Jesus Seminar was different. What they did was uh, they went through the New Testament and they decided between them, about 150 of them, they decided between them uh, which, of the <clears throat> which parts of the New Testament they felt were true and which parts were not. And they had a unique way of doing it. Right? Uh, they had a ball system, right? <clears throat> uh, if they thought something was definitely true, it Gave a red, they gave a red ball. If they thought it might be true, it got a pink ball. If they thought it definitely wasn't true, they, they, they voted with a black ball. And do you know that they blackballed the virgin birth? They said it didn't exist. What they did effectively was they rewrote the, <clears throat> the, um, uh, the, the New Testament and they wrote it in a completely different way. And <clears throat> the miracles are removed. And it's always tempting for us to look at miracles and say, that couldn't happen. Oh, it's always tempting for us. You know, you know, your straight logical mind will look at some things and say, that couldn't happen. Now, when it comes to miracles, there probably isn't a greater miracle uh, than the fact that uh, God came down, was born of a virgin, and dwelt with men. Uh, Martin Luther said there were three miracles involved in it, Right? Uh, he said, first of all, the miracle was that God would come down, it born of a woman. The, the, the second miracle, he said, was that she was a virgin. She'd never known a man. And the third miracle, he said, was that man could believe it. Three miracles involved in it. But <clears throat> let me say, all the, all, all the argument and all the fighting and all the fussing that went on uh, over the scripture in the last 200 years, uh, Early on in that, uh, a group was born, and it was called fundamentalism. Right Now, I understand that fundamentalist has a bad name in our day and age because of uh, other sects and so on, and because of uh, <clears throat> Islam and so on. But fundamentalism was a movement that was born of people who said, you cannot take away the miracles of God. You cannot remove the virgin birth. You cannot remove... Uh, the blood atonement. You cannot remove the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You cannot take away the fact that he was very God. Right? And they were prepared to fight for it. And there were splits and there were churches that um, 
changed and uh, completely during that time, and there, there, there was a strength that was born in it. Now, <clears throat> you and I may not appreciate the term fundamentalism in our day and age. The term's not the issue, but there are fundamentals that we do appreciate. There are truths that are unchanging, no matter what scholarship brings up, no matter what scholarship thinks. And the virgin birth is one of those. It's Bible. It's truth. I've staked my eternity on it. And so have you. So let's read Matthew chapter 1, just verses 22 through 25. And then we'll dig in. Matthew 1, verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet of the Lord, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, which they shall, and, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now he's quoting back to Isaiah 7, 14 there, and he's saying a virgin was going to <clears throat> be with child, and she was going to bring forth a son, and they were going to call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So this child was no ordinary child. This child was God with us. And what we're going to see this morning is that if we really want to accept the virgin birth, we don't look at the baby. We look at the man. And then when we see the man and understand the man, you know what? Believing in a virgin birth becomes really no problem to us. Because he was no ordinary man. He was no ordinary person. Yeah, he looked ordinary. The Bible tells us that. Yeah, he sounded ordinary. There was nothing of him uh, that would have made us go, wow, that's God. But you know what? When you look at his life and the things that he did, there's almost at times it looks like there's two people at work here. There's not now. There's a perfect unity. But you've got God and man wrapped up together in one person. And this God-man that walked amongst us had to be born of a virgin. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us? Lord, would you help us as we look to your word this morning and bless us with this truth that we might take it on board. And Lord, that we might not just take it on board intellectually and ascribe to it and check the box. Yeah, we believe. But that, Lord, believing it, we might yield to you as Lord Lord of lords and King of kings and Lord of our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> right. um, the, the, the problem with the virgin birth, as I said earlier, is that it's just one short step from taking away the virgin birth, you take away the deity of Christ, to, to, to Christianity uh, begins to crumble. And so what you've got today in a lot of Protestant churches is uh, you, you've got an empty gospel. Right? Uh, you, you, you've got the semblance of righteousness. You've got goodness being ascribed, but there really is no heart to it, and there's no God involved in it, and it's just simply uh, the form of things uh, without the reality of things. And we need to be careful um, of that. Many of the movements that come up, uh, like this uh, Jesus seminar, is the the idea behind it is to use human reasoning to demythologize Jesus, to take away all the miracles and take away all the spooky stuff and just make it, you know, like he's normal. Uh, And many of those movements seek to do that. Uh, But when you do that, what you do is you actually unravel it all till there's nothing. 
And you will have men preaching all over this country today in all kinds of churches, and they're not saved. They do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, if they were to uh, fall dead in the pulpit this morning, they would go straight to hell, which is really a tragedy, which is a, an absolute tragedy, because they don't really believe the truth the Bible talks about. Oh, they'll preach nice sermons. They'll make people feel happy this morning. Uh, they will remember the baby and all the rest of it. But <clears throat> if you were to ask them, do they believe that baby was God, they're going to say, now, hang on a minute. No intelligent person really believes that in this day and age. You see, <clears throat> so we've got to, <clears throat> Jude says, earnestly contend for the faith. You, you can't sit with the faith and just let it all roll by. Uh, sooner or later, you've got to actually contend with it in your own heart. And you've got to come to the place where you actually say, yeah, this is truth. I believe it. I am going to stand on it. Nobody's going to uh, take it away from me. Now, why do people doubt it? <clears throat> well, uh, they doubt it <clears throat> because it's a miracle. Now, and a miracle, by its very nature, is impossible. If it was possible, then it's not a miracle. Right? You know, if, if, if I go out to fix my car, uh, since I know so little about, my, about, about cars, it might be a miracle if I got it fixed, all right? We might call it, but it wouldn't really be a miracle. What would happen is I would have twigged on something and actually uh, straightened it out and gotten the car running again. So we call those things, but that's not a miracle. That's something that, that, that I could do. <clears throat> when we call something a miracle, we're looking at something that can't be done. It's impossible. It's done by a power that we don't have any control over. It's done in a way that we can't maybe comprehend. But, but it's a miracle. Now, w when we think about <clears throat> the Lord Jesus Christ being born, Mary says in Luke chapter 2 that she had never known a man. And she, she had never known. And, and Joseph is very careful that she has not known a man until after uh, the birth of Jesus. She's never known a man. She's never, she's never, there has been no man involved in this. He tells us that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. Right? You know, how does that work? I don't know. But the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary so that Mary had a baby in her room that was a live, real baby, but there was no man involved in it. Mary had to, felt the baby move. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Mary feeling the baby move and go, Joseph, give me your hand. L let me, let me, let me, you need to feel this. Our, our baby. And then she thought, well, not really our baby. God's baby. <laughs> God's baby just moved. It was real. You know, she went into labor. <clears throat> she gave birth in the normal way. There was no special dispensation because he was the son of God. You know, <clears throat> but how did it all happen? I don't know. You, you don't know. We're not going to understand it. It's an unexplained miracle. God tells us very little about it. I've heard it said that since the blood comes from the Father, in order for Jesus to have, his, uh, to have uh, <clears throat> the blood of the Father, uh, that he had to, it had to be the Holy Spirit that was the father of the baby. Well, that, that sounds good to me, but you know what? The Bible doesn't tell me that. Um, what the Bible tells me is that she was going to be a virgin. This was going to be no ordinary baby. This baby was going to be the Son of God. I mean, just, just think about it. Jesus, you know, 
you and I, at some point in the womb, uh, <clears throat> we became a life. Right? We became a life from the time from the time we were in the womb. We were a life. We were a person. Now we were a developing person, uh, and then we got born. Right? And you know, we didn't obviously do this, but this is really what happened. We, we got born, and we went, "Wow, look at this world." Where's the food? Right? <clears throat> that was that, 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 you know, that's the first time we were aware of the world. Not with Jesus. Jesus is God from eternity past. And at a certain point, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. Mary became pregnant. And he, the eternal God dwelt in her. That's deep, isn't it? That's really heady. <laughs> the eternal God dwelt within this teenager. That's, that's incredible. You see, it's easy if you apply your rational, logical thinking mind to start to unravel those things, and that's unbelief. Unbelief is not, I can't believe. Unbelief is, I've chosen not to believe that. Belief, faith is saying, I'm cho I've chosen to believe that. Now, here's what happens always with faith. When I choose to believe, I see. The rational mind says, I want to see, and then I'll believe. And that's not the way it works. When I choose to believe, then I see. I choose to believe, and then I see. You know what? Listen, I'm convinced. I never met Mary. I never saw her. But I'm absolutely convinced that she was a virgin when, when she gave birth to Jesus, and that he was the Son of God. And you couldn't shape that. Listen, I die for that truth. That's, that, there's no way you could actually change that and turn that around. That, that's real. Now, Why? Well, because at a certain point I chose, and then as I chose, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit, and it becomes real. But, <clears throat> you see, people choose not to believe. Um, <clears throat> and they choose because they choose not to believe, it becomes a real problem to them. Let me say this to you. Uh, you may be here this morning and you say, oh, pastor, I wish I hadn't disturbed this up because I have a hard time believing these things. I have these questions that fly through my mind and, you know, I'm not sure. And, you know, listen, it's fine for you in your flesh to have doubts. That's a different thing from you saying, I'm not going to believe that. It's fine for you to question. It's fine for you to look at this thing, thing and say, Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands because I don't know how that could happen. That's okay for you to do. Right? Don't stay there, because it really puts you in a very weak place, Christiana. Trust, and you'll see God work. Right? <clears throat> but it's, the other re another reason people will say, well, look, you know what? The re details don't really matter. The fact is, he was born. That's what matters. And that's kind of a cop-out for us. Right? It's a cop-out for several reasons. First of all, uh, if you remove the need for a virgin birth then the first thing you do is you knock Scripture out of the way. Because you know what? The Gospels accept the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. These intelligent people. Luke was an intelligent guy. He was a doctor. <clears throat> you know, listen, he accepted that this truth that Jesus was born of a virgin. And what happens is, you know, and this is really one of the most damaging things of liberalism that begins to creep in and, and question Scripture and check it. And so what happens is, Rapidly you come to the place where, well, I can't believe that. Now, I don't believe that. And, oh, he, he's still a storm. I don't believe that either, you know. And, you know, he rose. He, 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 he rose. Well, I don't believe that either. 
And you rapidly go, you see, the details are important. If the Bible says it, it has to be true. And if it's not, we're in trouble. The whole thing, as I say, it's kind of like, do you ever have a cardigan or something or or a jumper and 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 you catch a corner of it and you start pulling the thread? And what happens is you start unraveling your sweater real easy. That's what happens when you start letting, letting go uh, of doctrines that are true and that are necessary. You see, <clears throat> we need to look at the scripture and accept it as being true. Because if you don't accept it as being true, then what is true? And how are you going to know truth? And the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. How are you going to be free? You see, you've got to contend for some of these things. <clears throat> now, let me give you some reasons to believe. Right? First of all, it was universally believed by the Christian church for 1,800 years. Nobody really questioned it. It was just the way it was. It was some <clears throat> brainiacs in the uh, <clears throat> 1800s who began to look at things and began to say, no, that's not true. And they spawned a movement uh, that began to attack these truths. But it was universally uh, uh, believed. If you look back at your basic creeds, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of a virgin. You, 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 you learned some of those years ago. Listen, it's basic truth that has always been accepted. Right? <clears throat> then the, the New Testament explicitly says Jesus was born of a virgin. We've just read one of those verses that says this. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus was born of a virgin. It says it clearly that he was born of a virgin. Now, in all honesty, that's enough for us. The fact that it says uh, that he was born uh, of a virgin it, it should be enough for us. Right? But, but what does it mean to us? What's a mystery? I don't understand all that it means. There's a lot of things I don't understand fully. There's a lot of things because of my finite mind I can't fully understand. Now, understanding that my, fi- my mind is finite, which means it's kind of about this big. And God's mind is infinite, which means it's bigger than you can imagine helps me to understand that I'm not going to understand. Does that make sense? (laughs) When I realize, you know what? I've got a finite mind. He's got an infinite mind. There's no way I'm going to understand everything uh, that he's doing. There's no way I'm going to get it all and kind of put it in in the box. And that's what happens so often. What happens so often is you have somebody who applies their brain to it and they want to understand it logically and make it, uh, you know, get it kind of, get it kind of brought down to a, to to a bite-sized chunk they can actually digest. You can't do it. You can't fit the capacity of an infinite mind in a, in a finite mind. It's it's impossible uh, for you to do. It's presented in the Bible as sober historical truth. And it fits with everything we know about Jesus. Right? Let's, let's leave the virgin birth for a moment and let's move on to his public ministry. Who is this man? Who, who, who is this? Who, who is this one that lies in the manger? Who is he? I, well, 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 let's think of him. I mean... <clears throat> He, he, he not only does miracles, but he is a miracle. He's a walking, living, breathing miracle. <clears throat> he, we know it's because he's the Son of God, but <clears throat> the reality is, he is 
a living, walking, breathing miracle. Think with me for a few minutes. Well, what, what take you to a few scenes uh, and look at these scenes, right? <clears throat> Jesus was hungry and thirsty. He sat on a well in Samaria, and he said, asked a woman, give me to drink. He was thirsty. He was tired. But you know what he did? He fed 5,000 people just like that. No problem. No problem. Didn't, didn't take an ounce of energy out of him. You know, they, 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 they started off with uh, five loaves and two fishes, and they ended up with 12 basketfuls of leftover after everybody had eaten. And you know what? That's jaw-dropping. That's incredible. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> he slept in a boat, tired, weary from teaching and preaching, worn out. He slept in a boat. When the boat began to sink, the guys woke him up in terror. He stood up and he said, peace be still to the storm. And he said to the guys, he said, why have you no faith? Here's what he's saying to them. He's saying, I had it under control. What's your problem? But you were asleep is the problem. How are we supposed to know you had it under your control when, when, you, when you were asleep? But here he is. He's the son of man, tired and weary and worn out and sleeping. And he's the son of God. He's got the whole world in his hand. While he's sleeping. <clears throat> Let me give you some other pictures here of him. He stands at the tomb of Lazarus and he weeps. And he bursts into tears. He's broken hearted. <clears throat> and with the tears still wet on his face, he walks to the tomb and he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus hobbles out because he's bound. He intensely feels the pain as a human being. So human. He feels all of it. And then, so godlike, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus steps out of the tomb. I mean, <clears throat> he's an enigma, isn't he? Uh, <clears throat> um... He ate with Zacchaeus, and then he went and he healed blind Bartimaeus. He hung on a cross, and he died. He died till he was completely dead. If you and I had looked at, them, at him as they took him off the cross, there's, there's a distinct reality about death that you can see in someone that's dead. We'd have said he's dead. It's over. It's finished. There's, don't, don't bother trying to resuscitate him. Don't bother trying to do anything for him. He is totally dead. Just bury him. That's what we'd have said. We'd have looked at him and we'd have been sure that he was dead. Yet, three days later, the stone was rolled back and he walked out of the tomb. More alive than ever. See, when we look at who Jesus is, we find an enigma. We find on the one hand, he's so very human and so very like us. And, and you know, and we kind of sympathize with him in the garden, don't we? Oh, yeah, I'd feel like that if I was facing what he was facing. I'd, I'd feel like that. I'd want to run. And yet, he's so very God. Yet he's, he, he does things that are just incredible, impossible. You see, <clears throat> no ordinary person 
You see, the two, two sides to, totally different. He, it fits perfectly. He was born of a woman. He was born of a virgin. He was just like us. He was nothing like us. He walked among us, but he came from God above. He was the son of Mary, but he was the only begotten son of God. Uh, he grew up in Nazareth, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He is our friend. He is our savior. He is a man for all seasons. He is the sovereign Lord. Little children love him. He baffles the greatest mind. Uh, <clears throat> he was called the son of Joseph. He is indeed the son of God. Read your Bible. Look at your Bible. Go through the Gospel of John. These things are written that you might believe that he is the Son of God and that you might life, you might have life through his name. Look at what the Bible says. This was no ordinary character. Now let's go back to our original question. He couldn't be born in an ordinary way. He wasn't just another person. He was the Son of God. And when God was going to bring his son into the world, that were you or I, we would probably have, you know, a fiery chariot sweep in and everybody see it and so on. No, God chose to help him to identify with us and for us to identify with him. But here's the reality. The baby in the manger is God. Jesus Christ is fully God. He was born of a virgin. Great is the mystery of godliness that God was made manifest in the flesh. You know, Christmas time we, we rejoice in the birth of the baby and we get excited about the birth of the baby, birth of a baby. And it's true and it's wonderful and it's fabulous, but sometimes it's only half the story and sometimes we miss what's really going on. Because you see, the baby's born in the manger, but the baby's God. Do you know the Bible says he upholds the world by the word of his power? He keeps this world together. Who's keeping it together when he was in the manger? He was. I don't understand that, do you? Honestly, I I would love to see this baby. I want to look in his eyes. I want to see what's in there. But you know what? I don't think I'd have seen anything. It was all veiled in flesh. But what we have is we have a king in a manger. What we have is one that was born with a sword in one hand and the world in the other hand. One that is the ruler of all. One that is the king of kings and the lord of lords. One that loved you and I so much that he came into this world, was born, was placed in swaddling clothes in a manger, one that gave his life that we might be freed, one that loves us like no other has ever loved us, one who was indeed God, who was indeed born of a virgin, special doesn't in any way encompass what he was. He was God. We don't have words that can in any way get wrap around what happened on that day. It's no wonder he was born of a virgin. That's not a big deal with God. God said he was going to do it. Listen, when he brought his son into the world, he brought his son into the world through a virgin. The only one that ever has been like that.
Now, <clears throat> the question as we close this morning is this. If God's son was born of a virgin, if he was placed in a manger, and if he lived and demonstrated by his righteousness and by his miracles that he was indeed the son of God, and by his resurrection demonstrated that he had the power to save you, what are you going to do with him today? I know you're going home to eat turkey, right? That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Go home and eat all the turkey that you can uh, and, and enjoy it. And I know you're going to give gifts, or you've given gifts and you've received. I know, I understand all that. But what are you going to do with the baby? What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? There are only two things you can do with him. Right? In fact, it's only one thing, but there's two different angles to it. The only thing you can do with this king is what the shepherds did. You bow before him. It's what poor old doubting Thomas did when he put his fingers in the hands. He said, my Lord and my God. That's the only thing you can do. Now, there are two sides to that. One, if you're not saved, you can't bow before him and not get saved. You can't be part of the opposing army and, 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 and not get saved. You want to say, well, no, I'm neutral. No, you're not what he's neutral. You're either on one side or the other. This is a king. He has an army. It's either one side or the other. You either bow before him and get saved, or you reckon yourself to be against him. And then as a believer, Paul said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say about Jesus? That's a good question, isn't it? If he is a king, if he is the Lord of glory, if he is God come down in human flesh, then my life's not my own. My life belongs to him. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but is he the Lord of your life? How foolish of us to think that we can live our lives to ourselves when something as wondrous as Christ coming down and being born in human flesh is what we're celebrating today. Let's just take a moment. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to do this. Don't, don't normally ask you to do this as far as an invitation is concerned. Just where you are, as we begin this day, just kneel down and recognize him as a Lord. Now, you're not playing with it. You know, in the old days, when a new king was crowned, everybody knelt before him. And what they were doing, they were saying two things. They were saying, we accept you as our king and our ruler, and we pledge to you our loyalty. As we start this Christmas day, and as we go into this day, and all the rest of the festivities and all the fun that we're going to have, Let's just take a moment and kneel and recognize him as our Lord. You just kneel where you are.
Our Father, we thank you for being our Lord and our God. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for all that you've given us, and we thank you for this glorious day that we remember the babe that was born in a manger. And Lord, if there be any here that do not know you as Savior, Lord, may they in their hearts today kneel before you and receive you as their Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.